0: You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast today. I'm so glad to have you. So we're talking about scripture this week. You know, On Sunday, I preached about being people of the word, about reading scripture, about protecting ourselves from temptation by knowing God's word. I talked about reading scripture with the spirit, allowing God to lead us in that. And I just thought we'd take this week uh, to talk about how to read your Bible better. So ultimately, this is a, a part of our bigger sermon emphasis for the month, first fruits. We want to devote the first month of the year wholeheartedly to the Lord, and one of the ways we're doing that is by giving ourselves to the Scripture. We're making sure that our our Bible reading habits are strong, and I just thought it would encourage us all to get some good tips on how to read our Bibles better, so I brought in different staff staff members throughout the week, and today I have Corey Jenkins. So Corey works with our students. Uh, He's a recent graduate of William Carey, and he's about to start off in seminary, so get a pen and paper. I mean, Corey, we're ready to be blown away, brother. Yeah. So Corey, thanks a bunch for making time to be with us. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your so what's your big tip for today? I think you you brought one big idea mm-hmm. that's going to help our church family read their Bibles better. So what's your what's your big tip for today?
1: Yeah. So I would say anywhere that we are reading Scripture, um, specifically in the Old Testament, recognize the continuity of Scripture, and what I mean by that. Is the story of Scripture is about our God, um, about His gospel and His Son coming to the cross and dying for us.
0: So I hear people talk about you know the the Bible as one big story, or I mean the the ten cent word is the meta narrative, right? The, the yeah. big narrative or the big story, and I think we have a habit of you know, reading a, a passage in the Old Testament or the New Testament, but especially Old Testament passages. And forgetting the where they fit into the yeah. big story of how God is redeeming the world, and so you and I were chatting this morning um, about this moment after the resurrection when Jesus changed the way the disciples would understand the mm-hmm. scripture that they had, and up to that point, um, you know, the scripture would have just been what we know as the Old Testament, right? Yeah. That that was their scripture, and so this is a moment in the end of Luke's gospel. Uh, Jesus, he's died on the cross. He's been resurrected from the grave. He's beginning to appear to the disciples. In this episode, he's he's on a journey. He's walking with some of them. They don't know yeah. that it's Jesus. Like, he's hidden himself from them somehow, mm-hmm. and they're dialoguing about the scripture. Why don't you pick up there and show yeah. us what you're thinking about, Corey?
1: Yeah, so they're very disheartened about, you know, Jesus um, not being in the tomb, or um, so he... Jesus, he's talking with them, you know, they're and So then he says in verse 25 of Luke 24, he says, And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, Jesus. So it's this idea that as they don't recognize apparently that he is Jesus, he is the resurrected Savior. Um, that he goes through all of their scriptures, which was the Old Testament back. Yeah, and to let them see. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's almost like to me for them when they when when Jesus died on the cross, there were a lot of people in the group that thought, well, I guess he wasn't the. I mean, the Messiah surely yeah. is not going to suffer and die, mm-hmm. and yet Jesus can take out the Old Testament narrative and show them. Through the books of Moses, you know Genesis, yep. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the prophets, you know, uh-huh. which they would even consider, you know, like the books of Samuel and Kings, and yep. you know Joshua to be, you know, former prophets. Um, so in Moses and all the prophets, he can show that the Messiah was always supposed to suffer to redeem the people. Mm-hmm. That's powerful to me. Yeah. So Corey, um, if Jesus can tell the disciples that, uh, hey, you you didn't know the big story of the Bible. Correctly, if you don't think the Messiah was supposed to suffer, and he tells them all of this was about me. So now we, you know, we open our Old Testament, going, "Oh, wait a minute, okay." Yeah. So I got to keep the big picture in mind that Jesus is going to die to redeem the world. He's going to be raised to give us eternal life. So now I'm reading the Old Testament with that lens. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Give me an example of how that impacts. Uh, just one passage from the Old Testament for you. Yeah,
1: so for example, there's many, but this is probably, in my opinion, like one of the most obvious ones that we can see the gospel and Jesus at work. Uh, It's Genesis 22, um, Abraham and Isaac. You know, God's calling Abraham to sacrifice his son. Radical idea, right? Um, In in verse 9, it says, when they came to the place of which God had told them, You know, this idea that we see the continuity of scripture, especially in the Old Testament, um, we have to be careful though, because when we automatically just kind of erase Abraham's story and just say go straight to the gospel in it, we don't get to understand Abraham's story and what God's doing in that. Um, So, really, there's this original truth to Abraham and the intended audience in the Old Testament meant that. God calls Abraham to radical obedience um, in such a way that he says, I want you to lay down and offer your only son that I have given you um, for me as a burnt offering. And so it's really for Abraham this call to radical obedience. You know, will you, what do you find more precious? Do you find me as your creator, as your God who's given you this only son or your son? Who I've given you, um, you know, which one will you find more precious and valuable? Um, and so Abraham, you know, he's, he's obedient, he's faithful. And then right before, you know, as the text says that he is about to slaughter Isaac, God says, wait. And so in this moment that we kind of see, you know, Abraham's obedience, but when you see the continuity of scripture, You're reminded, you know, when we read the New Testament of Jesus' radical obedience. Um, And it's this idea that, you know, God provides a ram in the place of Isaac um, as an offering for him. And that, you know, Abraham calls it the Lord will provide. Yeah. And it's a beautiful moment when you think about the New Testament and the gospel. And, you know, when Paul talks about this a lot in his books in the New Testament um that God did provide. Yeah. Jesus. Like so it, for 2000 years the story of
0: Abraham, you know, because Abraham was the father of Israel. Yeah. Like he's the father of all the faithful, he was the father of Israel. he's the one that God struck the covenant with to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So for 2000 years you got that story of Abraham and people did not know that, you know, from the foundation of the world, God knew mm-hmm. how he would redeem humanity. Yeah. And so it's almost like what he what he called Abraham into that radical obedience, but then he offered a substitute in place of Isaac. And yet God himself really intended to offer himself in Jesus Christ as the ultimate sacrifice in our place. And that story just kind of pops to life after 2,000 years when you see the bigger picture that comes clear in, in Jesus Christ. So that's an awesome example, man. I really appreciate you bringing that today. Yeah. So, Corey, is there anything else you want to leave with our people as we begin to read our Bible with the big picture in mind? Do you have anything you want to say?
1: Yeah, I would just say, again, just be careful that, you know, Stroh um, mentions in his podcast, don't um, put meaning on what the text never meant. Yeah. So don't dismiss, you know, when we read the Old Testament and we're going with this idea that the continuity of Scripture, the Gospel of Jesus, don't dismiss you know, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, yeah. all their lives because God is working in their lives and these things that we can see principles that God speaks to us in our lives. But really there's also, don't forget, the beauty of the gospel that's yeah. foreshadowed.
0: Well, and it's when you scoot back and look at the entire Bible from, from Adam to to the new creation yeah. in the book of Revelation, you do get to see the gospel in its big and glorious picture about a broken creation being brought to its total redemption because God himself was willing to be our sacrifice, that Jesus died on a cross and was raised to defeat death, to defeat sin, and to give us eternal life where we can live and delight in his commandments. We can live in his character and we can love each other the way that we we were designed to. Uh, And you can see that throughout the the whole scripture um, in bits and pieces, some moments more clearly than others. But reading with the big picture in mind, fantastic advice. So thanks a lot, Corey, for bringing that, man. We appreciate that. All right, church family, God bless you. Read your Bible better. Let's keep the big picture in mind as we share the scripture. If Corey's tips were useful to you, you may want to text this episode of the podcast to some friends so they can listen, especially if you have families uh, in student ministry. I bet those families would be really interested in this tip and especially because it came uh, from Corey. So thanks a lot for sharing today. Church family, God bless you. Let's be people of the word.